Alas, if only it had been that easy. Within 45 minutes, I was ready to scream. Granted, I had physical aches, but waves of psychic pain. The memories of Holly, the regrets, the new information from Tom. We're treating this as a homicide. We have to consider the possibility that Drew poisoned or otherwise harmed his own mother, threatened to engulf me. These were heavier, more tangible somehow than my sore leg and throbbing head. They made me feel vulnerable. Any little thing, Tom's absence while he dealt with the cashier, Julian's disappearance to pick up my prescriptions, Arch locating Tom's car and bringing it to the exit, then rushing off to get his Passat, threatened to put me over the edge. Sitting in the insisted-upon wheelchair by the exit, I stewed and considered hollering about the injustice of it all. One thing Tom had given me was my cell, which the nurse's aide said I could use. I checked my voicemail messages. Three, all from Marla. How are you? said her disembodied voice. I feel like hell. I need you to tell me it was all a bad dream. The second, Goldie, where are you? Pick up your phone. The third, okay, now I'm both worried and pissed, and I'm going to stay up until you call. And it doesn't matter if it's in the wee hours. Patsy Boatfield stayed and helped bring stuff in from outside. She never really knew Holly. The message cut off. I checked the time on my cell. Just after 1 a.m. My watch had magically disappeared. Even while reluctantly conceding that removing a patient's watch might be hospital policy, or that my discount store timepiece might not be working so well anymore, now that it had spent some time... Don't start screaming, I told myself. Underwater, I punched in Marla's number. Where the hell have you been? She demanded, before the phone had even rung one full time. I gave her an abbreviated version of falling into the lake. Since Tom was ultra-scrupulous about people listening, precisely because folks did gossip, and since the nurse's aide was still at my side... I omitted any mention of being at Holly's rental or the note that had sent me into the water. I just said I fell off a deck into Aspen Meadow Lake. I tried to put warning in my voice, and she caught it. You're somewhere you can't talk. Yep. Call me when you're alone. I'm making slow progress with these dishes, she moaned. The fencing parents all wanted to pitch in, but I said, No, no, just wrap up any leftovers you want and take your kids home. My cleaning lady will be here in the morning, and of course I forgot that the cleaning lady took off the entire month of June. Patsy was great, though. Wait, I said. Tom was approaching from the end of the hallway. I bade Marla a hasty farewell with the promise, cross my heart and hope to die, that I would call her as soon as I was free of the hospital. Which unfortunately. I forgot to do because Tom signaled for me to go with him. Arch and Julian were following in the Passat. I wanted to hear what Tom had in mind, although if it contained the news that they were indicting Drew for the murder of his mother, maybe I didn't. Tell me what you're thinking about Drew, I demanded as soon as we pulled away from the curb. Tom's tone turned wary. I sent another deputy over to question him in foster care.
I made an exasperated sigh. Tom flicked me a glance that I could just make out from the streetlights. This deputy's been an investigator for a while. He said Drew was very upset. He also said we shouldn't rule him out yet. It felt as if my throat was closing. I croaked. Did he give a reason? Said it was just a gut feeling. He couldn't ask Drew specifics about poisons or anything like that, because we don't know what we're dealing with. Do you have any idea what killed Holly? Do you have a theory about the note that sent me into the lake or the text message to Holly? No, but I need to know a couple of things from you. And maybe Marla. Go ahead.